we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. We are still living in a nightmare turned reality with the fake president, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., who was installed into the Oval Office and is being puppeteered by the Obama Soros handlers with influence and some of the strings being pulled by the CCP and the globalist faction. That is why we have a war in Ukraine. More importantly, well, that's why we're funding a proxy war in Ukraine. And according to Tucker Carlson, that's why we're approximating an actual war with Russia. I am deeply concerned and very perturbed by the continued operation of the stone election against you, against me, against we the people and our January 6th brethren who are innocent protesters suffering in the D.C. gulag as political prisoners. And why am I really pissed off? The Democrats are, we expect this from the Democrats, Marxist. I'm upset because the Republicans are doing nothing about this. Uniparty swamp right in our freaking faces. Biden is a fake president and wasn't even a popular one at that. What was he polling? Like less than 10%, 5, 6, 7, 8% in the primaries. They had to rig, the Democrats, rig their own primaries, just like they did in 2016, to give Bernie Sanders the boot. They just bought him off. And they did whatever they did to get everyone else out. Remember, Elizabeth Warren was more popular than Biden. Pete Buttigieg was more popular than Biden. And Bernie Sanders, of course, was the most popular. But somehow number four, five, six get in as president and vice president. Obviously, it was stolen. But here is interesting proof that they did not get the 81 million votes. He, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris are not popular. People won't even buy books about them. thousand copies of his 2016 New York Times bestseller shattered inside Hillary Clinton's doomed campaign actually sold fewer than 10,000 copies of a more recent book about Joe Biden called Lucky, how Joe Biden barely won the presidency. Lucky, also thanks to uh, the DOJ and other people that pushed him across the finish line. Uh, that book didn't even make it to the New York Times bestseller list after he sold 125,000 on one on Hillary Clinton. Allen didn't even bother to go on tour with it, admits he no longer plans to write another book on Biden, I bet. Meanwhile, some uh, of the most recent books on Biden have barely broke 5,000 copies, like The Long Alliance, sold less than 1,500 copies. And uh, Jill Biden's biography <laughs> sold fewer than 2,500 copies. It's a bit suspicious, isn't it, when they tell you how popular of a president he is and how many people voted for him? That was Rob Schmidt over at Newsmax making the point that all these books about Biden and Jill Biden can't even sell 2,000 copies, 5,000 copies, but he got 81 million votes. I really like how Rob Schmidt over 
uh, at Newsmax keeps saying without saying that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president and the elections were stolen. Newsmax is not stupid. They know they'll get sued or what have you. Uh, kicked off again from, you know, DirecTV or what have you. So they've, they've got to play uh, their cards right. But that's Rob Schmidt saying what we all know without saying it. That on January 20th, 2021, an illegitimate president was sworn in. Actually, Joe Biden is so stupid and so far gone, he doesn't even remember the actual year he was sworn in as president. Bob, just since you got me sworn in in, in January 2020. No, Mr. Fake President, you were not sworn in in 2020. The campaign and the election was 2020. You lost that one, but you were sworn in on January 20th, 2021. Because they impeached President Trump for fighting back against the stolen election and people are still paying the price for that. Before we get into that, let me show you Peter Ducey pointing out something very interesting. Joe Biden, the fake president, leader of the free world, is handled with kid gloves and like a baby in diapers. Thank you, Kareem. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the president, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? Before I show you the non-surprising reply, response by Corinne Jean-Pierre to this, and of course, you know that she's going to be lying and spinning it to mean the exact opposite. Talk about mental gymnastics. I will play that for you because it is important that, we're, that we are well-versed in the arts, the dark arts of Satan's followers and pushers. Let me remind you that we had from Tucker Carlson. It was Tucker Carlson last year who had reported that Joe Biden... Uh, was like a small child and had to be given pills to function. Here, here's a flashback so you, you can be reminded of this. How did he manage to get through the campaign? Well, it turned out, we learned later, his staff, supervised by Dr. Jill, his wife, was giving him pills before every public appearance, checking the time and at a certain hour giving him a dose of something. Now, that's not a guess. We're not making that up. We've spoken directly to someone who was there and saw it happen multiple times. Now, before taking the medication, this person said, Biden was, quote, like a small child. You could not communicate with him. He changed completely because he was on drugs, and he clearly still is on drugs. No one's pushing to know what those drugs are. We should know. But the point is, Joe Biden's dementia was perfectly obvious to everyone around him more than three years ago. So we never thought this could happen. You can't make a senile man president of the United States. This is our country. This is a real country. It needs a real leader, even when you disagree with him. But someone who's in full possession of his faculties. No one would ever do that. It's crazy. We're completely wrong. We're wrong because we underestimated the cynicism and the recklessness of the Democratic Party and the media who serve them. Just to get through the campaign, they had to give him a cocktail. They still give him a cocktail of pills administered by Dr. Jill whose book 
even though she is the wife of the most popular 81 million vote-getting president, didn't even sell 2,500 copies. She's been administering these cocktails, these drugs, to him to have uh, him function. But when he's not on those pills, he's like a little child. And little children need their nap time. And that is why Joe Biden has spent 40% of his presidency on vacation, a.k.a. nap time. Also because he can have visitors and there's no visitors logs and the actual people running the government, you know, Obama and the Soros people can tell him what to do and, and manage everything without any uh, outside of the public view. Okay, but according to Corinne Jean-Pierre, not only is Joe Biden not a child, he's a leader of the free world that is greatly respected. So look, uh, I'll say this. Um, there's going to be a range, always a range of books uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know, uh, that's going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time. And we're not going to litigate those here. That's something that we're not going to uh, speak to. There is one thing that I do want to, because I think I was asked this question last week by one of your colleagues about this particular excerpt uh, that they uh, were referring to. And so I'll say this, you know, we did see the excerpt, excerpt go, the context uh, of the excerpt, and it seemed to be making the opposite overall point about how the value of his experience and wisdom resulted in rallying the free world against authoritarianism, which is important. We have seen this, you all have seen this, and passage of the most historic agenda in recent history in his handling of foreign policy, like rallying the world around Ukraine, as you just heard from our national security, national security advisor. Yeah. She said the excerpt, the actual, if you act, this is Corinne Jean-Pierre. If you actually look at the context of that excerpt, it's making the exact opposite. That he's not a child and that he is a leader getting things done. Like the horrible IRA, Inflation Reduction Act, which was just a lipstick put on the Green New Deal. And the war in Ukraine, selling that as if that's something of a positive. Absolute malarkey and craziness. Jane, stop this crazy train. Get me off. Now, let's get into the continuation of the cover-up of the stolen election. And let's start off with January 6th protesters. And the very harsh sentencing we're seeing that we've seen in the last few days and last week of January 6th protesters getting ridiculous, ridiculous long sentences for nothing infractions, all because they must hide and punish those who would dare show up at a protest of a stolen election. It is wrong think. You must bend to Big Brother and believe that Joe Biden legitimately won or you will be punished. And the punishment is continuing. We've got a lot to look at in this episode on this. Let's use as a launch pad a very good conversation had by Jim Hoft, or is it Joe Hoft? I believe it was Jim Hoft and Steve Bannon on The War Room. Today, Tuesday, September 5th. Let's bring in Jim Hoff. Jim, uh, talk to me about what the are the FBI focused on that, or are they focused on American citizens, Jim Hoff? Well, Steve, according to our 
latest report, it appears they're they're focused on ordinary Americans who uh, are patriotic. They support the Constitution, and uh, that's who they're targeting right now. And we have proof of that. We wrote about that this morning, Steve. The Gateway Pundit, this morning, September 5th, exclusive. FBI created 3,200 January 6th, quote, playing cards to identify and surveil Americans who attended January 6th protests. They are using the same system to target Trump supporters that they used to target America's enemies and Saddam's henchmen in the Iraq war. Well, walk me through this. What, what they, yeah. They've done it like they, we did in Baghdad during the, in the Bush uh, war in Iraq. Didn't they have the thing of the, of the baseball cards or the, or, yes. the, or, the, or the playing deck cards? Is that what they have with American citizens now? They think that's funny. That, is that what they're doing? That, that, that's exactly what's happening. We remember the uh, Iraq uh, Saddam cards where they had Uday and Kuse, you know, the, the jack of spades and Saddam's ace of spades. And they every, every patriotic American bought these decks of cards, you know, and we could play with them. And the soldiers were getting them in Iraq because these were the enemies. It was a way to mock the enemy. It was a way to focus on the enemy, target the enemy, know who you're looking for when you're over there fighting for America. Well, uh, we have proof today that uh, the same thing is happening now on patriotic Americans. The FBI, since January 20, since January 6 of 2021, they've uh, created their own sort of uh, card system, playing cards, and they have 3,200 uh, January 6 protesters uh, each have their own profile. And if you click on this profile, it'll bring up the statistics, it'll bring up uh, video. It'll bring up background information on these individuals. It'll bring up, bring up any surveillance that they're currently undertaking to to target these uh, Americans. I was shocked when I heard this story. I had to call this uh, J Sixer to make sure that this is accurate. And he said, "Yes, absolutely. He's representing himself pro se, and so he has access to this information. And this is exactly what he told me. Everybody has their own playing card. The FBI can click on it and find all the information on you they want." And uh, they can even find you can even find out if they're surveilling you currently. So um, uh, and we know that that's what they're they're going to be doing. And that's what they want. They want more money so that they can harass ordinary Americans who walked inside the U.S. Capitol or stood outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. We're just getting started, folks, in this episode talking about the different targeting going on. But just the idea that we are living in 2023 where we have a fake president where the stolen election did not get its day in court because President Trump, who they robbed the election from because he was the people's choice, didn't have standing. People who protested this are thrown in jail as insurrectionists. We're going to get to that in a second. You know, more information to that in a second. And that the FBI is openly, openly targeting Innocent Americans who have a First Amendment right to protest. Making them enemies like Saddam Hussein and his sons were during the Iraq war. All openly, I mean, fairly openly done, right? This card system is now being discovered. But the FBI doesn't really care that we know their MO and what they're up to. There's no consequence for them because the fake president and his fake Attorney General at the DOJ, which is over the FBI, it's all one big freaking mafia, and we are the victims of extortion, rape, and pillaging 
by this illegitimate regime. You're saying the just just like they did in Iraq with our enemies, you're saying they made playing cards with pictures of American citizens on them? Uh, exactly. And we know this because one of the J6 prisoners notified us of this, Eric Clark. I spoke with him last night. I have the audio posted on our website. He has access to this information from January 6th. And they, for each individual they've arrested, they've targeted, they've harassed, they've sentenced, the lives they've ruined, they have a playing card. They have a card that you can click on. That's what he calls it. It's like playing cards. You click on it, you get all this background information. So um, as you can see, that's a representation of, of what they have with the FBI. But um, they have 3,200. They've already arrested, uh, you know, what, 1,500 or so? Um, uh, they've stormed a lot of homes, broken down doors. We know, Steve, that they have uh, uh, busted in the homes of uh, doctors, prominent doctors like Dr. Simone Gold. Uh, we know that they uh, arrested just last week. They sentenced uh, the, the Isaac Yoder. Hey, 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 let me see that. Who was, we have it. All right. Let's look at the curious case of Isaac Yoder. And let me show you. This is on MSNBC. And... They picked up the story from last week at the Kansas City Star. If anybody is in the area of the Kansas City Star newspaper, call and complain about this piss poor, terrible journalism. Listen to this. Oh, by the way, let's shame the, the writer of the story, Judy L. Thomas of the Kansas City Star. I am sure she does not represent the salt of the earth um, in the Kansas City area. Forgive me, Lord, for judging this woman, but I'm just going by what she's written here. Isaac Yoder took a gamble on his capital riot case. Charged with four misdemeanors, the Missouri locksmith who breached the Capitol on January 6th dressed in revolutionary war gear ten turned down a deal with the government to plead guilty to one count, a strategy that for many other defendants has resulted in a sentence of probation. Yoder opted instead for a bench trial before U.S. District Judge Royce C. Lamberth. Now, we know that Judge Lamberth has been an absolute enemy of freedom and to the people, a total operative of the scum bastards in D.C. But what did Judy L. Thomas write here? Uh... He breached the Capitol on January 6th, dressed in revolutionary war gear. Remember that. Remember that. We're going to come back to it with the visual. And those of you listening on the BCP podcast and not watching this on Patreon and, and uh, or, well, and, or I should say, locals.com. There's no reason to do both. It's the same show on, on both platforms. I'm going to explain to you, if you don't already know the story of Isaac Yoder, how terrible this article is. In May, the D.C. court's senior judge found him guilty on all four counts. And on Friday, we're talking about last Friday, Lamberth sentenced Yoder to 12 months in prison on two counts each and six months on the other two counts each. The terms are to run concurrently, which means he will spend a year in prison for supposedly breaching the Capitol on January 6th dressed in, quote, revolutionary war gear. Lamberth also ordered 12 months of supervised release. Yoder uh, fined Yoder $1,000 and ordered him to pay $500 restitution for the for the more than 2.5 million, 
$2.9 million in damages to the Capitol. As if he, he didn't cause any damage, by the way. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Yoder was charged in July 2021 with four misdemeanors. He's going to prison for four misdemeanors. Entering and remaining in a restricted building, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building, violent entry and disorderly conduct in the Capitol, and parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol. He faced a now. Now this is this is my this is what they wanted. He faced a maximum three years in prison and fines of two hundred and ten thousand dollars. The government had recommended a sentence of thirteen months incarceration, thirty six months probation, sixty hours of community service, five hundred dollars restitution, and a sixteen thousand six hundred and forty six dollar fine. The same amount authorities said Yoder's sister raised for his defense on a crowdfunding site. How freaking damn evil are these people? They wanted to get every single dime that his sister raised for his defense. They wanted every single dime of this American locksmith from middle America. Every single dime. That's what they wanted. And I guess it's a coinkydink that there's three sixes in that amount. I see a six, a six, and another six. Demonic. Okay, this is where I am pissed off at Judy L. Thomas and her piss-poor journalism. You know what she's calling the man who breached the Capitol on January 6th dressed in revolutionary war gear? Look at these pictures. Isaac Yoder was, Yoder was dressed as Father George Washington. That's right, the Revolutionary War garb, uniform, costume that she's calling was George Washington, the father of our country. A founding father. Oh, you see this picture here? This is him talking to a police officer. This is what happened. Isaac Yoder dressed as founding father George Washington on January 6th and walked inside the U.S. Capitol where he spoke with a police officer. The FBI stalked Yoder for seven months and then arrested him in a small Missouri town where he works as a locksmith. They arrested him in Nevada, Missouri after months of investigating him and tracking him down to where he lives. He walked inside the Capitol and we have pictures of him talking with police before he exited the building. There's other pictures of him. Police just stand there looking at him. What freaking crime did he commit when three police officers are just watching him in there? They hate us. They want us dead. They want to kill us, imprison us, and enslave us. This is an actual example of that happening. They wanted every single dime that his sister was able to get for his legal defense. How evil. This is This is evil, folks. This is crush your enemies and show them no mercy. And this is why we keep losing to these bastards because the GOP wants to play nice and they want to be all congenial while these demons are running rampant, defecating, absolutely shiznitting on our constitutional rights, which, by the way, are given to us by God. And these satanic uh, soldiers of Lucifer are happy to take away our God-given rights.
absolutely, absolutely sickening. Uh, as I was saying, they, they sent us George Washington, the guy who dresses George Washington, a year in prison last week because he dressed as George Washington and walked in the U.S. Capitol. Um, and they didn't give him back his clothes, by the way. They confiscated his clothes. They haven't given those back, his costume. Um, and they're doing this to uh, hundreds and hundreds of more Americans. And they each have a profile now for, for the FBI. Um, and this is what they're doing to ordinary Americans. We're the enemies now. Just like Saddam and his henchmen and his sons were the enemies in Iraq. Now the Americans uh, who, uh, who, who support Donald Trump, who went to the January 6th protests, and um, many of them who walked in to the uh, U.S. Capitol, including Eric Clark, who I spoke with last night, walked in, saw no violence, walked out, um, said it was a spiritual experience. Now he's being targeted by this government. Um, this is Chris Ray. This is Merrick Garland. This is Joe Biden. And this is what they're doing to their political opposition. We know what they've done to Donald but, Trump. But, but, but hang we know on, what but they're doing to his people. It is. It, it is. Oh, and you didn't actually have to be there nor even go in the Capitol to be punished by Christopher Ray, Merrick Garland, and Joe Biden. Here's uh, what I was following earlier today. Uh, this morning, Judge Kelly was looking at former Proud Boy founder Enrique Tarrio, and right before it hit noon, the, the news had come out, uh, from Kyle Cheney over at Politico. Judge Kelly has applied the terrorism enhancement to Enrique Tarrio's upcoming sentence. Parties are still working through the guidelines. Once they hit him with the terrorism enhancement, we knew that it was going to be game over. And then we finally got it a few hours later, about three hours later, that Enrique Tarrio had been sentenced to 22 years in prison. I think Jim Hoft today hit it on the head with his headline, Justice is dead. Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio, who was not even in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, is sentenced to 22 years on, quote, seditious conspiracy from a neighboring town somewhere. We begin with breaking news from the federal courthouse right here in Washington. 39-year-old Enrique Tarrio, once the top leader of the far-right extremist group, the Proud Boys, was just sentenced to 22 years in federal prison for orchestrating the failed plot to forcibly block the peaceful transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election. On Tuesday, Enrique Tarrio was sentenced to 22 years in prison for running a seditious conspiracy from a different state somewhere. Enrique was not even in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Uh, Judge Tim Kelly applied a terrorism enhancement to Enrique Tarrio's sentence earlier in the day. Then Kelly forced Enrique to listen to his blustery nonsense before he was sentenced to 22 years in federal prison, more than a murderer. Now, Kyle Cheney again at Politico said that Judge Kelly emphasized that Tario being in Baltimore during January 6th doesn't cut in his fact. Quote, it did from his perspective insulate him in just the way he's arguing now, insulate and distance himself from what unfolded that day. That's useful to someone as smart as Mr. Tario, end quote. So Judge Kelly actually said, addressing the fact that Enrique Tario wasn't even there, he said, yeah, that, that makes it worse that he wasn't even there. He did that to shield himself from the crime. Wow. Officer, I didn't break into the house. I wasn't even there. Judge, I wasn't even present in the break-in of the house that you say that I was responsible for robbing. Yes, 
That's exactly why I know you're guilty because you weren't there so you could have plausible deniability. So you could have an alibi because you weren't at the robbery that you were a part of planning this robbery. They go through anything and everything. It's all about the stolen election of 2020 and punishing everyone from wrong think. And of course, folks, what they're making, what this thing is here, a terrorism enhancement on Enrique Tarrio giving him 22 years. They're building a case to go after President Trump as the leader of this seditious conspiracy so he can't be president. The man federal prosecutors called the leader of the conspiracy that led to the January 6th attacks, former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio, stood in court today and asked the judge to show mercy, adding how sorry he was for the events that occurred that day. But Judge Timothy Kelly, who sentenced Tarrio to the longest jail sentence yet for any January 6th defendant, pointed to this text message Tarrio sent after the Capitol had been breached. Proud of my boys and my country. Don't expletive leave. The jury agreed with the government that he directed this, that he recruited the individuals who were in place and led the assault on the Capitol with the express intention of preventing the peaceful transfer of power. They're building a case to go after President Trump as the leader of this seditious conspiracy so he can't be president because they know that Gavin Newsom or Michael or Michelle Obama or uh, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or fill in the blank Gretchen Whitmer can't beat President Trump. So they're doing everything. They want to throw President Trump in jail for being the leader of this non-insurrection. What they really want to do is they want to kill him. They want to assassinate him. I hope you're all praying for the safety of Donald John Trump like we do every single day in our household. Wasn't even there. It wasn't an insurrection. And they gave Enrique Tarrio who supposedly, remember the Proud Boys supposedly are a terrorist organization, a white supremacy organization. Enrique Tarrio, not even uh, white. Tarrio's attorney sought leniency, arguing he wasn't at the Capitol that day. Watching from a hotel in Baltimore, a prior arrest had banned him from traveling to D.C. But prosecutors laid out how Tarrio mobilized a group of 200 to march on the Capitol, posting that they would turn out in record numbers that day and responding to President Trump's 2020 debate comment. Stand back and stand by. Tario writing, standing by, sir. The guy who drove him to the meeting that he had with Stuart Rhodes was an FBI operative. This was just like that Governor Whitmer thing. It was all an FBI trap. But of course, you won't get that those details from the mainstream media. That's why we appreciate you tuning in to our show here, the BCP Podcast. Where former Proud Boys national chairman Enrique Tarrio was sentenced to 22 years. It is the longest sentence yet stemming from the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol, but not as long as the 33 years requested by prosecutors. He begged the judge for mercy, saying, quote, I'm not a political zealot, but he did not receive that mercy. I've been to hundreds of these hearings, Nora. Never seen a crowd this big inside and outside the courthouse for a January 6th case. Tario has a big following, supporters and detractors. And his mom spoke to the judge asking for mercy and leniency. But the judge said, Nora, Tario was the ultimate leader of the attack. All part of this sprawling Department of Justice investigation.
three fellow Proud Boys found guilty by a Washington jury of the rarely used sedition charge were sentenced last week to prison terms that ranged from 15 to 18 years. The Justice Department wanted the 39-year-old Tario to spend more than three decades in prison, describing him as the ringleader of the plot to use violence to shatter the cornerstone of American democracy and overturn the election victory by Joe Biden. Tario, who's been locked up since March 2022 when he was arrested, appeared in court in an orange jail uniform, as you can see here, quietly conferred with his lawyers as the hearing got underway in Washington's federal courthouse. He is the, uh, he's received the longest sentencing of the Proud Boys members, again, at 22 years here. So, so they've had to throw the book at Tario because this is part of what Jack Smith and the DOJ is working on to get Trump. His Proud Boys co-defendants received sentences ranging from 10 to 18 years, one of whom, Dominic Pizzola, shouted Trump won in the courtroom moments after his sentencing ended. I've got more for you, folks. The, uh, the heartbreak doesn't, start, uh, doesn't stop there. It just doesn't start, stop there. Um, here's the statement from Proud Boy Zach Rell. He's the one that got the 15-year sentence for protesting on January 6th. Once again, from the dishonorable Judge Kelly. Okay. Uh, by the way, Zach Rell is a Marine Corps veteran. And this is what he said going into this sentencing. He knew what was going to happen because of what had happened to him previously. Let me, let me read you part of this heart-wrenching thing. So, my sentencing was heartbreaking for me. I know I'm perceived as some dangerous, violent thug, but I am in fact the opposite. I have a loving nature and get along with everyone I meet. I sincerely care about everyone who takes the time to get to know me. It is why I had so many people show up to my sentencing hearing when we, when we filled our side and spilled over to the government side, despite living all the way in Philly. It's because I'm a generally good person and I'm proud of that. I knew I wasn't going home. On Thursday, but I was hoping that the sentence was going to be reasonable based on the charges. This way, I could hopefully do some programs and maybe be home this year or next. But they weren't. We all found out that Joe Biggs was sentenced to 17 years. 17 for not doing anything violent at all. So the moment I walked into that packed courtroom, all I, all I see were tears. I'm almost in tears just reading this. And it's not my first time reading this. Family crying before the judge even spoke a word about me. We all knew what this day was going to be about. It was about insane sentences that do not fit the crime and all to take down Trump, not to actually serve justice. But I knew this already because prior to my arrest, head FBI agent Christopher Ray stated that they would ensure every single person charged would plead guilty to something no matter what. No matter what. That's not serving justice. Serving justice is finding people who committed crimes guilty of charges, not finding ways to make sure people are guilty of charges if they are innocent. So I was mentally prepared for the absolute worst all along. Heart-wrenching. Terrible. And what pisses me off, I know, I know I'm preaching the choir here. I know like you, you, many of you are like me and my family. We've donated several times to, to different J6 prisoner causes. But aren't you freaking pissed off and upset that the GOP does nothing? McCarthy, it's business as usual. We saw some stuff from MTG and I believe Matt Gates, 
um, and I believe um, uh, Gomer did some stuff back in the day. But recently, it's mums the word everyone has forgotten about our J6ers. Absolute heart-wrenching. Something good did happen today. I'll cover that uh, tomorrow because I wasn't up, up to uh, up to speed on how it turned out. But there was a telethon in support of these alternate electors. But once again, I will cover that uh, tomorrow or the day after. Now, I'm upset because the GOP can do something, but no one's doing anything for these J6ers. We're just hoping and praying that the most likely thing will happen, that President Trump won't have the election stolen from him. January 20th, 2025, he can be sworn in and then they will, he will uh, day one pardon those J6ers. That seems to be the most likely type of justice that they will get, but they will have to hold out until then, hoping that they don't kill President Trump. I'm not trying to be morbid here, but that we meet, we must face reality. We can't fight a fight and we can't confront an enemy if we don't know what the fight is and what the enemy is doing and what they're after and what their goals are. We have to thwart their goals by knowing what their plan is. That is why there's a whole thing called espionage, cloak and dagger and spying. So you can get into the mind and the plans and the, the machinations and the, and, and, and the plotting and the schemes of the enemy. And that is what they were up to. And the GOP can stop this, but they don't. Actually, they have a chance to stop it. They can stop it by cutting off the funding. But it, the, the Republican House is going to fund it. The Republican House is actually wants to fund a new FBI headquarters that's bigger than the Pentagon to be built in Northern Virginia. So you have the CIA at Langley, you'll have the, you'll have the uh, FBI over there in a building bigger than the Pentagon. Why does the FBI need a building bigger than the Pentagon, costing tens of billions of dollars? It should be defund the FBI. This is another example of why they should be defunded. And this is another example of these Republicans up there, then they got to be turfed out. If Biden wants to do it, then force the Biden regime to shut themselves down the 30th of September. This is another example. They have playing cards of American citizens, and they think that's funny. They're, they're trying to mock and ridicule you. This is what they're trying to do to browbeat the American people, that you don't stand up for yourself. This is exactly what they're trying to do. And the playing card shows you exactly what they think of you, what they did to Saddam Hussein and, uh, and, and, and his sons and all the criminals over, over, in, uh, over in Iraq, of which, remember— the FBI is all part of what the, 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 the whole 9-11 situation with the FBI, right? Knew it and then covered it up, just like they covered up their involvement of what they knew about Oswald in, the, in 1963 with John F. Kennedy. That's the FBI you're paying for. And now you can bring it all to a head. You can bring it all to a head by defunding all of it, right? If they're not going to move on impeaching Ray and these guys, just cut off the funding and force the Biden regime to shut down their own government to shut down their own government because they don't get funding for their their, poli their Gestapo. That's a Gestapo move right there with those cards. Am I wrong in that, Jim Hoft? Oh, no, you're absolutely right. Steve Bannon, a man after my own heart, uh, has his priorities straight uh, when it comes to what policymakers and Republicans can actually do. And like myself, uh, he, he was an investment banker. I was an investment banker. Cut off the funding, baby. Cut off the funding. But of course, no one has the balls, the chutzpah, no one has the cojones on the Republican side 
to actually walk the talk. All right, this has been a pretty extensive report, but I've got a lot more stories I didn't get to um, and things that I'm following up and digging uh, more deep into. Uh, we'll be covering uh, many of these stories in the coming days here on the BCP Podcast. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.